Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a great day for talk radio. Boy, uh, great to know that the job numbers in this country have spiked in the last month. 108,000 new ones created, 73 full-time jobs, uh, 73,000 rather full-time jobs in the private sector, no less, because there's some conjecture that is this about liberal, federal liberal stimulus now uh, being injected and having its desired result? Or is it the province, you know, citing that we're open for business? Ontario, one amongst them, Quebec, maybe the other, and so on and so forth. So we'll drill down on that. But when it comes to jobs, there is this issue because uh, Donald Trump is in this uh, trade spat with China. It seems to be a case of brinksmanship. Uh, Moody's economists are saying this all-out trade war could trip the U.S. into a recession by the election year, late 2020. Let's find out how Conrad Black feels about this and other such. The author, commentator, and historian is a fixture here on The Oakley Show, and we welcome him back this afternoon. Conrad, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, John. Conrad, uh, this tough stance with China, uh, what do you make of it, that Donald Trump, is it brinksmanship here? I wouldn't. Uh, you know, that's a funny word going back to the time when John Foster Dulles was the Secretary of State, and they were supposedly, uh, you know, basically threatening the Soviet Union with nuclear war. It's a great word, you know, going to the brink. But I, I don't think so, uh, because uh, Trump made clear that uh, it, it, the United States simply could not tolerate a trade deficit with China of $365 billion a year, and, uh, and, and a one-sided arrangement whereby the Chinese were stealing their technology, only allowing American companies to export if they, if they basically opened the kimono about how they made what they made in the, in the case of manufacturing and technology, and, uh, and, and that it just it, it wasn't acceptable and it had to stop. And, and he stuck to that. And I don't think China is in any position to take a real trade war with the U.S. Uh, it's a debt-ridden country. Of course, the U.S. national debt is high, but the country itself is on a solid financial basis, and and you you can believe their figures. They're you know they're, they're a fully participating part of the international economic community, and the, the published figures of the U.S. Federal Reserve, like ours from the Bank of Canada, are accepted and are and are certified to be true. China, you can't believe a figure they say or a word or a word they utter as a development story of an economically primitive country bootstrapping itself up. It's the greatest in the history of the world. But it's been a, it's still a 40% a command economy, and they've done it on infrastructure, construction, on borrowed money. And if, if, the, if the United States, if you give them one year to adjust, wouldn't have to import anything from anybody. And, and so they have a stronger hand to play here, and all they want is a better deal. So China is, is better to give them a better deal than to go to a trade war. But, uh, you know, I, I agree with Warren Buffett. He said it's hazardous, but sometimes you've got to do it. 
Well, the idea that they would impose or Trump would impose uh, tariffs on goods coming in from China when they land at port, I mean, they're taxed there, but uh, then pass, that tax is passed on to the American consumer. So does it, is it thinking that it would make these goods cost prohibitive and uh, American consumers would be more apt to buy American or sourced from other countries than China? Uh, well, that, that if, if it looked like it was going on, then they would develop, they'd develop the supplies of whatever it was in the United States. I mean, uh, the United States doesn't manufacture, I'm sorry, doesn't buy anything from China, the, the, except for a few exotic, you know, rare earths and, and, and things like that. But 90% of what it takes from China, it could provide for itself and used to provide for itself, except it went away because because the Chinese costs were cheaper. And that was the one of the keys to Walmart and all these people. But uh, if they ceased to be cheaper because of tariffs, um, uh, you, know, you, you, would, you would then have an acute labor shortage in the United States. I mean, it would take some adjustment, but they could manage it. I've got to ask you, did you go to the Monk debates last night? I, I did not. I, I had another engagement. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm not stalking you or trying to figure out where, your whereabouts with a GPS tracker or anything. No, because it was about China. And the question is, China a threat to the liberal international order? So uh, just on matters more than trade or, you know, uh, what is seen as a branch plant economy of sorts, or I guess uh, however they're uh, finding their way out of poverty, uh, the position that was staked out by uh, the folks in favor of that proposition that China is a threat to the liberal international order is that they've got expansionist uh, tendencies, and uh, in fact, they are a threat because uh, you know what they're exporting isn't really squaring with the things that we hold sacred, like freedom of press, freedom of uh, you know association, and uh, all of those wonderful things. Do you think China uh, may ultimately reform itself, or is this new regime, according to the people like H.R. Uh, McMaster, who was an assistant to Donald Trump yes. uh, in national security, and Michael Pillsbury, um, who's with the uh, uh, Hudson Institute, they were saying, be wary of China. I mean, uh, this is the sleeping giant that really may, uh, you know, lead to some unintended consequences because of their expansionist tendencies. How do you see it? I, I would agree with General McMaster and Mr. Pillsbury on that. I, 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 but I think it's, uh, and it is not, a, of course, it's not a democratic or free society. It's less repressive than it was in the times of Mao Zedong. And, and because of their commercial interest and their interest in economic growth, they're, they're more prone to reach agreement with the West than the Soviet Union, let alone Nazi Germany in its time, were. Uh, but it, it's 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 certainly a very manageable situation from the standpoint of the West. The first, it's really a containment, a modified containment strategy that's developing. You remember we founded we the West founded NATO to contain the Soviet Union and the European. Western European powers joined, and the Americans supported them. And uh, and that was essentially a military confrontation. We aren't at that stage now, though there are occasional overtones of it in disputed territorial waters. But the combination of Japan, South Korea, uh, Taiwan, uh, Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Australia, and add in India, because it's a neighbor of China, too, via Tibet. Uh, those countries are, are, have a power and, and a strategic importance and an industrial uh, standing uh, quite capable of resisting the Chinese. And with the Americans supporting them firmly but responsibly, 
uh, I think we'll get a regional balance of power there, as we did ultimately in Europe. Uh, and so it's, it's manageable. But they, they are now taking the place of former countries that tried to rival the U.S. I mean, the, the, if President Roosevelt ended isolationism because he saw how great a menace it would be if Nazi Germany continued to occupy the center of Europe and turned all the Czechs and Poles and so forth into Germans. And and uh, we, the United States led us to victory in the Cold War without a shot being fired between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. And then Japan was an economic threat, but that faded. And you know, the, 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 China is trying to be a rival to the United States, but the United States can mobilize all of China's neighbors to make it more difficult for them. I, I don't think there's any likelihood at all of a military conflict, but, uh, but, uh, but the way to be sure there isn't is for the U.S. to make sure that it's the strongest military power. Again, with Conrad Black, let me ask you then about uh, economics, because, you know, we've just had announced by Stats Canada 108,000 new jobs that were created in the month of April. Uh, when it comes to these matters, I mean, look, the, the Liberals are on the ropes when it comes to ethics and the questions of, you know, uh, perception by the public. Do you think it's the economy or ethics that uh, will foretell the fortunes of Justin Trudeau's Liberals? Uh, I, I think it's I think it's uh, actually competence, but ethics is a part of competence. I, I I think the government has has badly lost ground in terms of the public thinking. Are these people really competent to govern? And and that's a a, a very reasonable question to ask. And and uh, you know, I don't, as you may recall, I didn't think the Lavalin thing was such a terrible scandal, but it was completely incompetently handled. If he just stood up and said, "This is what happened. This is why I did it," I think that would have been all right. But uh, 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 this business with Admiral Norman is a terrible disgrace, I think. And and uh, and uh, so there is an ethics aspect, but they just seem. Uh, sort of silly, you know, going uh, conducting a, a, a costume, historical costume uh, d- display in a in a visit to India. I mean, uh, as I said at the time, it'd be like the president of France coming here dressed up like Champlain, you know, <laughs> with frilly cuffs and so on. I mean, it, 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 I think there's just a sense that this is an unserious group, you know, yeah. and and uh, and part of it is an ethical thing. Uh, look, if they really get the economy roaring, or if it is roaring, whether they get it there or not. Uh, that that you'd have to take that seriously, but I would say they're a little bit down the well right now. Now you can recover things in five months, but uh, but uh, they're running out of time, and 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 uh, I think the public's tired of them. But you know, it's just my impression. Well, I'm running out of time as well. Uh, we'll have to let you go on that note, Conrad. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, John. You have a good weekend, Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.